All right, college baseball fans, welcome to the Weekend 6 Preview Podcast, uh, brought to you by 11.7, the number one college baseball podcast out there. And let me just go ahead and say, you guys picked the right episode to listen to because we have one of the most legendary names in college baseball history, Jake Mangum, former Mississippi State stud, all-time SEC hit king, all-time mayor of Starkville, mayor of Starkville. Uh, really the captain of that team, um, those teams that we saw go a long ways in the postseason over the last few years. He joins us on the episode, does a little pick him at the end, talks about how to grow the game of college baseball. Super, super intelligent guy. Like he knows everything that his in his mindset, how to grow this game of college baseball. And it's a, it's a wonderful interview. So you guys stay around and listen to that. Um, before we get to that interview, though, we're going to break down this weekend. Uh, it's weekend number six already, which blows my mind how fast this season's going. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the big um, series going on, especially Arkansas at Mississippi State, Louisiana Tech at Southern Miss, and also like Louisville, Notre Dame. There's some other ACC matchups and Big 12 matchups that interest us. We have Oklahoma, Texas, Red River Shootout. That'll be fun. And, you know, we're just going to kind of talk some shop here, talk about college baseball and what to expect this weekend. So, all right, Dimitri, you all ready for the show? Yeah, and I was born ready, baby. I know you're born ready. Let's roll it. So um, I want to go ahead and start off by saying I got some good news today. Um, I was approached and somebody from Mercer Athletics asked me to do the ESPN Plus announcing this weekend. Uh, Unfortunately, with my work schedule, I couldn't do it Friday night or Sunday night. But Saturday um, during the day, I think it starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, I will be doing the uh, color commentating on ESPN Plus for Mercer versus Wofford. So I'm pumped about that. got a chance to do that. Yeah, I got a chance to do it back in 2018 full time, and it was fun. And I'm so doing Dan, it. you know what that means? I got to give 11.7 a shout out, don't I? No, you know what that means. I'm going to be clipping audio, uh, do clips it. of you and your announcement. and we'll see how good you are at it. We got to come up with like a special home run call right now because I know in Mercer's baseball field, it's about 280 do feet the, down the hey, line. Please do the Chris Berman. If I'll pull out a Chris Berman, if there's like a no doubt home run, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to definitely act a fool in the booth. So that's going to be fun. Uh, but you guys definitely like, if you have ESPN plus subscription, watch it, give me critique me, tweet me during the game. I'll be on my phone. Hey, you hear about pay- it. hey do you get paid for that? Oh yeah. I think it's a hundred bucks a game. Really? Yeah. And so hopefully I do. I mean, I, I called you. I would have called work and said, dude, I'm sick. I got COVID. <laughs> no i can't i got a full-time job now and uh, i don't want to lie to them but no well, i'm what, definitely what, gonna i'm definitely gonna be able to do it every friday and saturday moving forward whether broadcasting games and uh, at home at least and then what i really want to do dimitri and this might be getting my hopes too high but you know like during the regionals where they have to like bring like these these play-by-play guys to all 16 regional sites like i want to try to be like a regional broadcast host do like, it, I, I know i know it's like very far-fetched but Listen, like if we get it's enough far fetched, look at where we are now. I know, I know, but listen, like they, they go and hire these like guys to do the regionals and they usually do a pretty good job. But like, I think if you get if you sat me down in a booth with like, you know, whoever the play by play guy is, I would learn everything about every team. And I mean, I already know a lot about each team that's going to make a regional, but I think I'm going to be that's my goal this year, or maybe not this year, maybe next year. But I want to, I want to broadcast a regional game. Like, send me to like, I don't know, like South Florida somewhere or send me to the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. Let me, let me do a, let me do a real regional game. But anyways, uh, while, while I'm getting off my high horse here, I just want to say you guys definitely listen um, and watch the game on Saturday. Cause I will be calling it. It'll be fun. Do you think 
do you think anyone would ever allow me and you in a region in a booth for a game? They would have to. Uh, they would have to have the little sensor button ready, like the, to press it, just in case we slip out some words. <laughs> but it would be. It would be a blast. Imagine if we got to call like a. Uh, I don't know, let's say like an Alcorn State versus Miami, like one versus four matchup in a regional. We I, will make, I will make sure it is my I will make sure you think Alcorn State is the best team in the country. And I will make sure it is the matchup of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a blast, man. Um, but I'm not, I've never in my life ever thought about I've never thought I me mean, shit. I never thought I'd ever do a podcast. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying though. You like you never thought about like doing college baseball broadcasting. Back in 2018, I did it the full season. Um, I think I did like 18 games or something. And there are some clips going out. Um, like when George, like I think like Joey Bart had a three homer game that I broadcast, and I was basically just like, you know, this kid's the best player in college baseball, like no doubt about it. Uh, and there was a couple of clips that went on like uh, MLB Network for his draft preview. But besides that, I mean, it's Mercer baseball. It's nothing big, nothing spectacular, but it is a, it's a great broadcast. Uh, I was lucky enough to do it in 2018. They, they asked me back this year. So I think it's a cool opportunity and you guys definitely um, watch that. But anyways, we got way more important stuff to talk about, Dimitri. We have uh, probably the biggest weekend series that we've seen so far and probably maybe even the biggest of the whole year when Arkansas travels down to Ole Miss, or sorry, whoa, let me rephrase that. When Arkansas travels down to Mississippi State, the fact and, that you just thought of Starkville as Ole Miss is going to offend somebody. I know. I, I'm probably going to get canceled by We're going to get canceled. We're about I to know. get canceled. I, I, I stopped myself halfway through. I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Not Ole Miss. It's Mississippi We're about State. We're going to get canceled. And so we talk a lot about this series with Jake Mangum later in the episode. And uh, But something that you came up with, like a stat that you came up with, um, and Jake Mangum confirmed, but the last four times these teams have met, it's been sweeps, and they've all been for the home team. The road team hasn't won a game in a long time in this series. So 2015. Yeah. So there's some trouble going on if you're if you're Arkansas right now. Like, uh oh, are we gonna win a game? Like the home team has swept the last four the last four series they've played. And obviously, no matter what happens in this series, I mean, unless one team absolutely run rules the other. All right, in ben, all three you games. wanna just you wanna just go through this series? Like just by day, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You want? Yeah, we're already just deep into it. Yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna definitely start here. But what I was gonna say is, no matter what happens in this series, I still think they're two of the top three or four best teams in the country. Uh, but it's definitely gonna see like it's gonna separate who is the leader in the doghouse versus who's not. Because you you lose this series, it's hard to climb back to the top spot in the SEC losing a series this early. I don't know if I agree with that. I think you can lose the series and be okay, but it's definitely a series you want in your back pocket. But um, before we get into it, I just want to say this. If Arkansas comes out throwing strikes, they're going to win this series. If they come out throwing strikes, because their pitchers are good too. Like people, I mean, it's Arkansas. They got a good pitcher. But if Wicklander, Vermillion, and Leo Lockhart, if they come out throwing strikes, they're going to win this series. Ah. Because here's – Oh, no, man. Mississippi State hit strikes. <laughs> okay, yes, but you got to think about it. Think about it. What is Mississippi State really good at pitching, right? Mm. What is Arkansas good at hitting? So when you look, when you look in terms of who had the advantage, Mississippi, who who's line? All right, let me ask you this: Whose lineup would you take, Arkansas or Mississippi State? You taking the Robert Morris, Jalen Battles, the Christian Franklin, the uh, Casey Opit, or are you taking Mississippi State's lineup? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you didn't even say Arkansas is like probably, in my opinion, the best hitter and Sla- uh, Brady Slavens. I mean, with six homers already, 20 RBIs. That I mean, dude. I mean, if if you put a gun in my head, I would I would take Arkansas's lineup. Okay. But so not... wait, wait, let me finish. So hear me out. Okay. You take Arkansas's lineup, <laughs> and you're and you. I'm, I know you would take Mississippi State pitching, yeah. but who usually has the advantage? When you have two two teams, one has the pitching staff and one has the potent offense. So more, I would just say more power hitters, more extra base hit. They can change the game with one swing of the bat. So can Mississippi State, but Arkansas got more of them. So if Mississippi State pitching, are you asking is, me if I'm taking pitching over hitting or hitting over pitching? Is that what you're asking? No, me? no. Well, I mean, I know the answer to that. You're going to take pitching because I would too. For sure, I would but, take the I would take the bullpen guys to close out the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, you seven, eight, nine. The, but but listen, listen. Hear me out on my theory here. All right. Arkansas's problem has been their pitching. If they can step up and throw strikes and get guys out, now look at it from that scenario. Arkansas shows up, they can pitch, they can do all that. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to our, the, the offenses. Who's gonna hit first? Who's gonna have the big two out hit? Who's gonna have the big home run? Whatever. I, I would go with Arkansas in that case. I'm not saying Mississippi State is not worse or better. I'm just saying in that scenario. No, I, I like your theory. Like, if they can throw strikes, because they're going to play good defense, like, they could definitely win the series. But anytime I'm looking at a college baseball weekend, especially in the SEC, I'm looking at two things. I'm looking at bullpens, and I'm looking at home field advantage. And Mississippi State has the huge advantage in both of those. The home field advantage that Duty Noble Field creates is unbelievable. Um, and then also just the bullpens. Like, who's going to be able to get tough outs late in the game? And, you know, that that's what it comes down to in college baseball. Who's going to get the tough outs late in the game um, are you going to trust, you know, Landon Sims? Or are you going to trust, uh, like, I, I mean, who is who is Arkansas's best reliever this year? Maybe Kevin Copps? Arson, or Jackson Wiggins? Jackson, oh, well, uh, I don't know how Jackson Wiggins slipped my mind. The guy throws 100 miles an hour as a freshman. But um, I would say Kevin Copps has been the dude this year for him. He's got 22 strikeouts and in 13 innings, only giving up two runs. And he's 4-0, and he has not started a game, which means he's in those high-leverage situations um, and out of the bullpen. So anytime you have four wins out of the bullpen. Or or he could be the, the snake. For those of you that don't know what the snake is, you come in the game with a man on second with a one-run lead, you let that guy score, and then your offense comes up, gets the lead, and you get the win. That, that, I was really good at that. I was really <laughs> I've good. never heard it called the snake, but that is hilarious. You're the guy that gives up the lead so he can get the win. Yeah, so you like I came in all the time. The guy on second or third, one or two run lead, and the game would come tied. And then I wouldn't get, give up a run the rest of the game, and we would win. The snake. And my RA would be, or my I would give up zero run, and I would get the dub, even though I quote unquote blew the lead. It's, it's, it's you're a snake because you're stealing the win. You're snaking a W, and so that's what that guy might be. I haven't seen him pitch much, but. I've seen him pitch a lot. He throws a lot out of the bullpen. Um, I wouldn't call him a snake. I mean, he's only given up two runs all year, but that is yeah, a but, great yeah, phrase. You don't, that, many, you, don't, you, don't, you don't know how many runs he gave up of other pitchers that were charged to the other guy. Okay. Yeah, you're he, right. You're hey, right. I mastered it. You never knew how many runs I gave up of other pitchers. <laughs> I just didn't give up many of my own. <laughs> they weren't your runs. Like, those base runners never reached base. Um, but anyways, let's talk about the Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday matchups for this series. I mean, Friday night, Macleo versus, versus Wicklander. Anytime those guys step on the mound, you know you got a good ch- chance to win. So just kind of comparing stats here. 
MacLeod has only thrown 20 innings this year and has 37 strikeouts, which means he's getting a lot of swing and misses and making guys look dumb up the plate. Um, and then you have Wicklander, who surprisingly only has 14 strikeouts and 14 innings pitched this year, which I don't believe that stat. I think I might have wrote that down wrong. No, no. he. Yeah, he, he's, got, he's got 14 strikeouts. And, and he got a majority of them last weekend against Alabama. Yeah, so maybe, um, that's, maybe that's the one game I was really focusing on, but I felt like he's got – like two strikeouts an inning almost. No, he was having he was having command issues as well. Yeah, but um, he, he's definitely a good dude to have on the mound. Um, but but MacLeod you know, is the real deal, man. Thirty-seven think, strikeouts in twenty innings—that's that's impressive. Um, you know what's crazy? When you think of Arkansas, you usually think they have one stud on the mound, like they have a Friday night guy. Wakelander was their long relief guy of the bullpen the the other day against Oklahoma, and. So this guy, this is, I think this is, if I'm correct here, this is his first Friday night start of the year. Yeah, he's got one other start this season. Um, uh, I mean, but, but but yeah, think of like Isaiah Campbell before. And then you look at, I mean, who was before Campbell? And then you get, you get way back. And Alex Keuchel. Keuchel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Arkansas has always had one guy every like two or three years that's just an animal on Friday night. Yeah, well, I would argue that Arkansas's best pitcher this year, um, for at least the starter, has been Lyle Lockhart, the transfer from University Sunday. of Houston. He pitches on Sunday. So if Arkansas can win one of the first two games, either on Friday or Saturday, I like Lyle Lockhart against any Sunday guy in the SEC. Uh, I mean, he's got, he's got 31 strikeouts in 22 innings this year. Um, he has had a little bit of, uh, like, I guess, command issues. He's got nine walks, which you know isn't great for a starter, only throwing 22 innings. But – I mean, anytime not he can, bad. That's not bad. it's not bad, but it's also not like where I think he wants to be, but he transferred from university of Houston. He was a two-way player there, played first base and also pitched. Um, I mean, I like Arkansas on Sunday. But Even, Fristo, Fristo is nasty too. Well, I mean, listen, all these guys are nasty. Cause Saturday you got, you got Bender and, and Vermillion. You got uh, Fristo on Sunday. It's going to be uh, – let me ask Sorry, you this. Do you, you this. See more, do you see more than, like, seven runs in each game or less than seven runs? I was just runs? about to ask you, if you're putting the over under on each game, are you putting it more than, like, seven and a half? Yeah, I am, just because I know the ballpark they're playing in. I feel like that's a very hitter-friendly like, ballpark. Like home, I feel like it's so hitter-friendly. It I feel is. Like balls just get out of there. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Anytime I see, a, like, a f- outfield fence less than, like, eight feet tall, I'm like, I oh, that's a hitter's so ballpark. Short. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's a hitter's ballpark. <laughs> like, no, for some reason, it. a short little fence. I think it's only, like, six or seven feet tall. And, uh, I mean, I just say, like, oh, that's a hitter's ballpark. <laughs> no, seriously. If, if an outfielder can put their glove over the wall without jumping – it's a small wall. It's a well. It's a small field in my head. It doesn't make any sense. Small but that's, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not small wall, small <laughs> I don't know why I, my brain goes to that. But so really, make, the the really the biggest rivalry in this. I mean, put so the we fans make aside. Our picks with uh, Mangum at the end. Oh, we do, and we talk about the series quite a bit. Um, and but really, the biggest thing besides the two fan bases, who are two of the best fan bases in college baseball, going at it. The big rivalry of the weekend. Let's rewind it a couple months. When Riley Self called out Christian Franklin. No, he called out Arkansas Twitter. Oh, yeah, yes. Called out Arkansas's Twitter for not wearing a mask at practice. And then, which, was, uh, which was so childish. And he was just doing it to just stir the pot, ruffle the flat feathers. Yeah, he was stirring the pot for sure. And Christian Franklin kind of barked back on Twitter and said, shut up or he something. He was just like, shut up. Yeah, shut up. So 
is there a chance that we get to see them face off against each other? And if they do, um, I don't think Riley Self is going to be able to get Christian Franklin out. You know, Christian Franklin's been starting the season kind of slow. I still think he's one of their best hitters, and I will stand by that. I think well, he. They you know do. who else is starting the season slow? Is Riley Self with his like five point nine ERA? <laughs> well, there you go. Let's let's let the dude. I mean, five ERA got to be Mahoney. You know what the Mahoney is? No. The guy with high ERA and the pitching staff. No, it's not. I mean, Mahoney. Uh, he, I mean, there's a couple guys below him, but. For that pitching staff, a five ERA, like almost a six ERA, isn't going to throw very many innings because there is about fifteen names higher than him on this ERA list. But anyway, I don't. I. I mean, let Riley Self do Riley Self. But I mean, he's like thirty years old now, isn't he? I mean, he's been. He's, he's, he's been a Mississippi he's State. As, he's almost as old as Coastler. Coastler. Coastler, the seventh year guy. Yeah, he and he's proud of it too. He is oh, damn he proud it. of it. He, every time someone brings it up, he tweet. He's like, "Yep, that's me." But seventh year senior, gotta yeah, love it. I want. I want to see. I want to see Christian Franklin just smack one off him and say, "Where's your mask?" And just tell him to shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> what a classic comeback line there. Just hey, I, shut hey, up. Hey, if I'm Christian Franklin, I walk up to the plate with my mask like all the way up to my to my right below my eye, and I just pull that thing off. <laughs> <laughs> right when I get in the box, just look at him and just rip that mask off. Wasn't it something like didn't Mississippi State's baseball Twitter post a picture like the next day and they were none of them were wearing masks? Like yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember the them being day, like, they had hey. practice, and one of the Arkansas guys put the eyeball emoji and goes, "I don't see him." <laughs> Dude, greatest rivalry I think this year, just between the fan bases and on social media. It's somebody, been fun. Somebody tweeted something like um, a picture of Arkansas from the outfield. It was like m- most beautiful like environment in college baseball, or whatever. And there were probably thirty Mississippi State fans in the, in the in the reply saying all this stuff. And he was like, "Dude, I didn't even at you guys. I'm not even talking to you guys." Like leave me alone, and they were all like, "No, no, 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 no." We it's kind of like back. it's kind of like Beyonce and the Bayhive. Like anytime you tweet bad about Beyonce, someone will search it and retweet it, and then it's like a thousand people comment on it and just blow them up. It's, you know what it's called? It's get ratioed. <laughs> yeah, you're getting ratioed. So I love it. I think it's great for the sport. I, I'm very neutral when it comes to it. Obviously, I appreciate both fan bases, and I think both teams are like top three or four teams, no doubt. But this weekend's going to be fun to watch. There, I'm I'm pumped for it. It's almost like a it's almost like a super regional feeling in May. It's almost like May baseball, June baseball. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, this is the biggest game these teams are going to play up to this point. Like, who knows what's going to happen later in the season? But it's going to definitely separate who's going to be a real SEC contender versus like someone that's going to be um, you know top three or four seed in that conference tournament. So. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the second most intriguing series, in my opinion, which is the same state. It's Southern Miss hosting Louisiana Tech. How far is that? How far is that from Starkville? Uh, I actually made that drive last year or two years ago, and it was only about, I want to say like hour 40, something like that, two hours maybe. But yeah, Hattiesburg is going to be rocking this weekend because Louisiana Tech, their fans travel. Southern Miss always shows up to home games. They have a great fan base there. And two of the best mid-major teams in the country by ben, far. You weren't even close, dude. Three hours. Three hours. I told you. Well, my, you my said sense an hour of... and a half. <laughs> you were two times off. I was going twice the speed limit, dude. 
I'm, I'm just kidding, mom. Please don't text me in the morning. Um, no, anyway. I mean, whatever, dude. It felt like an hour and a half. You just drove down the same road the whole time. But yeah, going down to Hattiesburg is going to be fun. That We've already seen the emotions and excitement that Southern Miss has done against Louisiana schools, to be in fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, whenever they had their little, little I, I don't want to call it like a, it wasn't a brawl by any means, but it was kind of a chirpy back and forth thing. You had the it home run a, pimped. Hey, it was a get the fuck out of my house. I can't yeah. get out of town. You don't belong here. Right. And dude, I'm so glad you, you said this on the last podcast, but you were like, yeah, Louisiana Tech did not want to come into the series ranked. <laughs> they did not want to come to Hattiesburg ranked in the in the series because that puts a target on your back. And dude, it does. I would have called D1 and said, yo, put us in the top 25 next week because yeah. we don't need it yet. We, we, we don't need to give them any more ammo because they're going to put it on their billboards, their Twitter top 24 or number 24, Louisiana Tech comes to town. Get your ass to the ballpark. Yeah. So before it would have just been like Louisiana Tech coming. No, it's top 25 Louisiana Tech is coming. Yes. And both of these teams, I think, will definitely finish 1-2 in Conference USA. There was a point in the season where we thought maybe Florida Atlantic would be number one, but they've fallen off the map. So who cares about that anymore? Anyways, uh, I mean, the Golden Eagles are playing. You, yeah, go ahead. Three weeks ago we would have said the best team in Louisiana was coming to town. Now there's a new best team in Louisiana. And Louisiana Tech is the best team in Louisiana. I think they're, I think better, they're better than – I, I think they're better than LSU. I, I know LSU beat them pretty good in the midweek, but I think if they matched up in a three-game series, and we've seen now. LSU struggles in, mid, uh, in, in weekend series uh, against teams way worse than them, Oral Roberts and UTSA. I think if, if Louisiana Tech was playing a three-game series against LSU, I think they win that series. It might be a bold statement, but I'm with you. We yeah, could be I, so wrong, but I think Louisiana the, Tech. The way Louisiana Tech played against Arkansas in the three-game series, and I think but, Arkansas is way but, better but, than LSU. I, I think it's hard to measure Louisiana Tech off that series alone because, dude, imagine if we were at Mercer and number one Bandy was coming to town. Uh, or at least in my, in my day, we would have battled with them. Like, I'm not saying we would have won – two games, but I think we could have, we could have gotten one and it would have been electric, but I'm not saying we have the same amount of fans, but I promise you Claw Smith field would have been packed if we had number one bandy coming to town. Yeah, no, you know, for sure. I mean, whenever I mean, we, imagine host games, now, whenever we hosted games against Georgia tech and Georgia and, and I mean um, the whole plate, the whole field is surrounded. Yeah. People, those teams, like they, they travel and they travel well because um, you know, you got alumni in the area. Hey, I hate to say it. It was 75% Georgia fan. Always Georgia was. Tech fan. There was more of the road of the visiting team than our own fan. Whatever. We, we always beat them too. But And yeah, that's the best part. You get the, they, they drove, they wasted their damn gas money. They put miles on their car just to come watch their team get their ass beat. <laughs> and that always happened. Um, but well, I know, so this, this series is a, is in our weekend pick them. So we break it down a little bit more that Louisiana Tech uh, Southern Miss series. Yep. And, I mean, I, I expect Southern Miss to win it. I really do. I know Louisiana Tech's got a better record. they got a better resume right now. But Scott Berry and the boys, they, they always win these big series. So, and, and the winner of the series is definitely going to be the front runner to win the regular season Conference USA, which hey, is a huge Do you huge put Southern Miss in the top 25 they win this series? I don't know. I'd have to check the, the numbers. But, yeah, I would consider it. I would, I would highly consider it. So, um, moving on. 
the next series that I have that's I'm really pumped about is Louisville versus Notre Dame. And if you would have if you would have told me at the beginning of the season, like, hey, which team is going to be out of these two? Which one's going to be leading the ACC and wins? I'd have said, oh, Louisville, no doubt. I'm going to run away with that conference. Ah, check again. Notre Dame is in first place in the ACC. Have the most ACC wins out there. Kind of came out of nowhere. And Dimitri, props to you. Like on our first episode previewing the season, you said, hey, Notre Dame's going to be real good this year. Just watch. And I kind of was like, ah, okay, whatever. Doubt it. And boom, you were right. I need to go find the freaking. I need to go clip it because. It was when we were interviewing um, Stitchhead. Eric I, Swordson. I think I, yeah, no, I said it down, but I think I said it even before then. You might have. I don't know. But yeah. So, anyways, kind of previewing that that weekend series. Ben, I think Louisville is rolling right now. I know. I, I, dang it, dude. You took the words right out of my mouth. I think Louisville is exactly. it, they're, they're in the perfect position where they want to be, where Notre Dame has all the confidence. They're. They're thinking they're the best team in the ACC, which they're not. I think they're they've won series against inferior opponents so far. Who? Notre Dame. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I'm saying that um, Louisville is going to be ready. Like the talent is the talent difference between those two teams is really going to show because Louisville gets to recruit the best players all across the country. Notre Dame does too, but they get the second pick. You know, they're not the top dogs, not the blue bloods. Of course, they, they've done a good job developing players over the years. But, I mean, dude, Louisville Louisville can out-recruit Kentucky in their sleep. Oh, I'm like, not even saying Kentucky. I'm saying, like, they can out-recruit SEC schools. We've seen them in Omaha how many years in the last? No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm saying. But, like, in their sleep, they can out-recruit Kentucky. I bet you they can go to Illinois and out-recruit Notre Dame and Illinois and all that. They, can, they have a pretty firm grip on the in Kentucky, Tennessee, and those neighboring states other than Vanderbilt. Because I'm sure Vanderbilt dips into Illinois or Kentucky as well a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, can, yeah, Illinois, they recruit all over. Not Illinois. What am I saying? Vanderbilt recruits all over. <laughs> I don't know where I got Illinois from. That was weird. Um, but I expect Louisville to win two out of three, maybe even sweep Notre Dame and get back at the top of the ACC. What do you I, think I, dude, I would, not, I would not be surprised at all if Louisville swept. But – that's, that's 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 a bold statement to say. That is a that is a big reach. You're putting you're that's like that's like taking a ten team parlay. Like <laughs> which, it's, it's which I've never done. <laughs> every time you do that ten team parlay, you are the most confident man in the world. That's gonna hit. And then literally ten minutes into the first game, you're like, yeah, this this parlay did. Yeah, my experiences with parlays either the first one either the first one loses and the rest win, or the all of them win until the last game and then it loses always do it, it always feels like that but um what were some of the other weekend series that you're looking forward to um i do like the um and this is oklahoma and texas we do talk about it more in our pick them with mangum but i think this is really important series for oklahoma because they they show how bad they can be against Arizona earlier in the year. Yeah. And then they, they can stopped. Sh- then they showed how good they can be against Arkansas. And um oh my God, I'm blanking out. Oh yeah. They showed how good they can be against other teams like um 
dude, I'm blanking out. Oh, I mean, Houston. Oh my God, Houston. They showed how good they can be against Houston. They smacked the hell out of them. But then you're sitting there like, okay, Oklahoma, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They lose to Texas State in the midweek. And now you're sitting there like, uh, they didn't give a shit about that game. They're ready for Texas. So, and for Texas, it's all about consistency this year. Because we know Texas every year has the talent, and they just start losing all their Big Ten games. Big 12. Don't call them the Big, Big 10. 12. Big 12. <laughs> I mean, Texas, they, they've been rolling. I mean, they lost on Sunday to Baylor. But besides that, I mean, they're actually scoring but, some but, runs. But what I'm saying is, think about last year – or not last year, the year before and the year before that. They'll play well for a weekend or two. But then when you get to the end of the season, you look at their Big 12 record – they're like right at 500 and they're losing a series against team. And you're just like WTF. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, the, the good thing that Texas has going for them is every Friday Ty Madden gets to pitch. And <laughs> although Mississippi state did beat him opening day, he's looked lights out ever since like top. I mean, he's right up there with Kumar and Jack Leiter as far as like stuff wise and like how electric he is on the mound. Yeah, so. no, but I, I think I think Texas should take care of business. But, dude, I feel like this is a series where Oklahoma just takes two out of three and runs out of there, gets out of there with two out of three, and Texas sitting there like, dude, I thought this year was going to be special. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Even, even if Oklahoma takes two out of three, I think Texas still thinks they're a College World Series contender. But they're going to have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, all right, are we actually good enough to win the Big 12? Because if we're not good enough to win the Big 12, like how do you, how do we expect to oh, make no, a postseason run? You, you, if you're losing to Oklahoma, you're like, okay, whatever, no big deal at home. But you've still got Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, who are the better team. And TCU. Don't forget about TCU. I'm not – you, you, you can be all big and high if you want on TCU. Don't forget about TCU. I don't give a shit about TCU. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't, I'm out. not worried about them. Watch out, man. TCU's the real deal. They're pretty good this year. Um, but besides that, I mean, there's a, there's some other conference weekend matchups that, you know, in, entice us, but um, really nothing like that really jumps off the paper besides I mean, us hey, four hey, or five There's series. a good one. There's a good one out west. There's two good ones out west. UCLA. Oregon, Oregon and Arizona. Yeah. Um, and UCLA and USC. But UCLA, USC, we talk more, a little more about in the show. Um, I think that one's a toss-up because I think UCLA should win, but we both know UCLA, like, they just sometimes they just their head is stuck in their ass and they can't get it out and they don't show up. But I think it's up USC. They're gonna they're gonna be a little up for that one, so I'm not worried about UCLA when they have something to play for. Yeah, UCLA has made me look like a fool like four or five times this year already. Like I build this confidence up on them. I'm like, man, they're really scoring runs now. Their lineup looks good. We always know they could pitch, and then they go and just like just take a dump on me uh, on me. And they're just like, ha ha, look at that. We got Ben's hopes up again. So I don't know. I mean, I think they're gonna win this series, but I mean, it's it's just it sucks. But anyway, we talk more about it. We make our picks later. Stay tuned for that. But Oregon, Oregon, dude, they're good, man. They're, they are good. And Arizona's good, too. We've seen how good Arizona can be as well. But um, I think this is the series on the road in Tucson. I think Arizona, I think this could be a good series. Um, Oregon's got a pitch. 
I mean, because they can hit, they're going to be able to hit. Arizona can't pitch. They have, they're, they're giving up so many runs. Yeah. Um, but they score a lot of runs, though. They do. That's what I'm saying. So Oregon's going to have to pitch. They're really going to have to pitch to win this series. None of those games are going to be out. They're going to they can get out of hand quick. Right. Speaking of games that get out of hand quick, um, I'm, I'm live tweeting, not live tweeting, but live broadcasting this Vanderbilt versus Mizzou game right now going on. And Mizzou actually came out to a one nothing lead against Kumar Rocker. And, I mean, we can't have a podcast episode without mentioning Kumar Rocker. We've said it every single episode, I feel like, over the past three years. But, anyways, so Rocker went six innings, five hits, two walks, only five strikeouts. So, Missouri, like, with that line, they're like, okay, like, we should be in the game. Nope. Uh, Vanderbilt's up nine to two and is about to score some more runs here in the eighth inning. And, I mean, it just got out of hand real quick. They scored two in the third, two in the fourth, four in the sixth one in the seventh, like Vanderbilt's offense this year is different, man. It's different than some of those offenses they were throwing out the last couple of years where they were relying on pitching. Like these guys can swing it. And I, I can't believe we doubted them. Like they should have been the number one team from the start in the country. I know they lost to like Georgia state and they you know, lost a game to Oklahoma state, South Carolina. They lost a game to all of them were not when Kumar and Jack Leiter were pitching, but I mean, this team, they're going to be so hard to beat in the postseason. Like, <laughs> I'm ready to just give them the uh, the College World Series championship. No, dude, no chance. I want to see someone beat them. And, dude, all right, Ben, I had this thought about watching March Madness game the other night. I can see someone going into Vanderbilt Regional and winning it, and Vanderbilt is just heartbroken. Everyone's College World Series pick is out in a regional. They are done. Some team, some two seed or a three seed, Cinderella, whatever, is going to go into to Nashville and win that series, that regional. I can see it happening. I don't think so, man. Dude, I think dude, I think the on. best chance that they uh, the best chance they get eliminated from postseason play is in the College World Series, where some team miraculously beats either Kumar or Jack Leiter, and then their backs are against the wall, having to trust their like three and four stars. Um, um, in in a regional, that can't happen. No. Not, I mean, dude, there's there's a huge talent difference between a regional and a college world series. Okay. All it takes is someone goes off against one of those two guys. They win a game. Vanderbilt's got to go to their number three and number four guy, and boom, regional's over. You see ya. Bye-bye. Go home. Vanderbilt's I like, out. I like your optimism, but I think that's I'm not, not realistic. I'm going to happen. I'm saying it's very possible, and I think this is the kind of year when Vanderbilt has such high hope. Literally, the expectations are through the roof. Omaha or bust. They're going to get beat. Think about LSU with Stony Brook when I'm there. LSU was a national championship favorite. Yeah. I, and Stony yeah. Brook went in there and freaking unloaded on them. It was ping, 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 ping. It was bomb after bomb after double. And everybody was like, my God. <laughs> they did catch lightning in a bottle that series and the next series too. Um, but anyways, there's a couple things I want to talk about before we get to um, Jake Mangum's segment and his interview. Dude, I, I didn't realize this, but we're coming up on two like pretty big, like monumental achievements here. We're almost to podcast 100. I think. This oh my is, god, I saw that. We're yeah. like at 95 or something. Yeah, we're at 95. So this is gonna be podcast number 96. Almost made it to 100 episodes, and more importantly, we're almost to 10,000 Twitter followers. Which, for something that just started as a you know, recreational podcast th- back in 2019. 
uh, to where it's now. Like this is a, this is both big achievements. That I think we need to kind of like to take a step back and like realize how cool that is, but we wouldn't be anything without you fans. Uh, you guys are the best. And we try to treat you guys with some cool interviews with like Kendall Rogers, Kyle Peterson and uh, Eric Sorensen and some players like Colin Thoreau and, and uh, Jordan Wicks and who else? Oh, Braden Oltoff this year. Uh, I was looking back at some of the guests we've had. I think we've had five first round draft picks uh, and a couple other guys drafted throughout our, our, our interviews and things like that. So, I mean, this is this interview is for you guys. I know we have a lot of Mississippi State fans and 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 Jake Mangum does a really good job breaking down like his college experience and his recruiting process. And uh, what are some things that we can do to grow the game of college baseball? So it's a very interesting. Um, you know, what? I was going to add on to that. If I had to say one thing about our interview with him, I wish he would have been less humble. I wish he would have like. Yeah. Get, like 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 dude let off let off the the guard a little bit and talk like bro you were you said something about sd hit and he was like oh yeah but like there's so there was a lot of stuff between. that went yeah and i'm like dude shut up like <laughs> just say hell damn right on the sdc hit king yeah which like, is so cool like, i mean he's a super humble guy super and, humble and and like a great interview just really thought out answers and like the most important thing that happened was like just how appreciative we, me and Dimitri were to have him on. Cause like he was the face of college baseball for four years. And like some argue still like still kind of is um, like most recognizable guy, I would say. And um, we were, we were really thankful to have him on, especially on such short notice, followed us on Twitter, talks a little bit through the DMS. And then we were like, Hey, you want to come on? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's roll it Thursday. So um, it was a really good interview. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Leave us our feedback, whatever you guys want to do, tweet at us. Um, but we're uh, we're really thankful to have him on. So you guys enjoy it. What's up, college baseball fans? Uh, we have a small little guest here today. Um, you guys probably don't know who he is, but we're going to definitely get to know him a little bit. He uh, played a little bit of baseball at Mississippi State, and uh, we've so pumped to have him on finally. Um, probably like the some people compare him to like the Tim Tebow of college baseball, uh, SEC hit king, uh, single season leader hit king at Mississippi State jake mangum so jake man appreciate having you on dude this is uh this is big time for us how's it going happy to be here man are doing well doing well i've uh, been down here in florida just training getting ready for season oh yeah so you guys are kicking it up right now in spring training um you know what's kind of like your plan this year as far as like where they where they have you projected to play pro ball and all that have they told you any of that stuff yet uh, i actually haven't heard anything uh the plan right now is to just show up to spring training and play the best as I can and, and see what happens. Yeah, for sure. And um, dude, the, the weird thing about this year compared to the rest in minor league baseball is a lot of minor leaguers that we've interviewed this year have just said, yeah, we haven't heard much. Just like they're going to buy us a plane ticket whenever it's time to go out and we're ready to show up. But I know you guys have been training in the off season. Was it kind of weird, like going back a year during COVID, like kind of that uncertainty, like, and we're we going to play this year. Do I have to keep training and all that? Like, what was your mindset going through all of it? It was just let's train as much as I can and, and get ready for the whenever our names called and and that's kind of how it went. Uh, twenty twenty was uh, you know. Were you were you you were in big league camp last year like up and down with the reserve squad? I was in uh, what you would call like protection camp. I was on the minor league side, but I would kind of bounce back and forth with the big league side last year. So I got a couple at bats in in, in a big league game, which was really cool. Um, I got to spend some time with them, um, 
you know, and then March 11th, I remember they said, hey, Corona hit. So we're sending everybody home and we ended up going home. And, and, and next thing you know, is we're eight months into a Corona thing. And now it's yep. turned out to be what, however many months it's been like 13, 14. Were you, uh, my last game was September 10th, 2019. So it's been about 18 months almost. Jeez, uh, man, that's crazy. Did you go back to Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, I went back to Mississippi for a little bit, but uh, mostly I was down in South Florida and Palm Beach Gardens training at Cressy Sports Performance, man. I could tell you looked a little tanner. You got a little dark complexion to you now. It looks good. Yeah, Um, man. It's 80 degrees down here year round. (laughs) I I can't – but just so many guys have been training down here at this facility. What was the place called again? Sorry, I think we cut you off. Yeah, I've heard of that place. So many people, yeah. So – and we got like a pitching side of it, a hitting side of it. Max Rios, Shane, like there's there's so many guys. Wolfie, there's 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 so many guys. Gene, I, I keep going. There's a ton of people down here that are great people, man, and just and and are all kind of bought into just getting better every day. It's just yeah. an environment that that you just get better every day, and that's really all it is, man. And then the weight room side of it's awesome too. Um, they put together programs for us. It's 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 a great thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Um, so kind of talking about the college baseball thing, since we are a college baseball podcast, how cool was it to be like the man of college baseball for three, four years? It wasn't like that, man. It was, oh, I think it was. I think it was. It was, it was, it was just, a, it was a, I, Mississippi, man, like the state of Mississippi. Like we get college baseball. We get it. Mm-hmm. You guys get it. You're the leader of the pack. We get it. And, um, and, I'm very excited to see that expand to other states because it's such a great thing. And it's such a great thing for the sport. And you see what college football does for, for the NFL. Like college football has now became a, like become a feeder for the NFL. So if I, I just want to see college baseball get to that, I think, I think it's such a, such a beautiful game of just like, there's no money involved. It's just, it's just, it's college and everyone together is one team just trying to win. And, and no matter what college you went to, like, the thing is, is like everyone, like guys down here that I've met in, in pro ball and guys I've met at, at Cressy Sports Performance, for example, you meet these guys that are like, that have all experienced that at every level of college, whether that's mid-major, JUCO, D2, like you name it, you name it. College yeah. is different, man. It's a, it's a pure game. It's pure. And I want to see that get to other states, like to the extent it is in Mississippi. Like in Mississippi, man, like it is, it is, what you do on the weekends. Like I promise you right now, the whole state of Mississippi is like, what's Ole Miss and Mississippi State got going on this weekend? What's Southern Miss got going on? Like Delta State, grade D2 school. Like it's yeah. it's up and down. Even junior colleges in Mississippi are unbelievable at what yeah. they do. And I want to see that get to other, to get to other states to the extent it is here. Cause man, like, like this weekend in, in Starkville is going to be, it's going to be wild, man. It's going to be You wild. saw the ticket? You saw, how much, you saw how much the tickets were going for? I'm sure on StubHub there's like, roof. I'm I'm in South Florida. They, I haven't been to a game since I haven't played there or since I played there. So it's I, I I wish I could go. They were they were reselling outfield seats. So I don't know what that means. That means the little apartment complex. Because mm-hmm. when I went there, when I played in the regional there, you guys still had the wood shacks, like the old buses. They were wood that. shacks, but Dude, they were full of character. They were selling for like 70 bucks. This morning, because I saw somebody on Twitter like talking about taking. I was like, let me go look at how much they are, and like seat backs, like behind home plate or down first third base line, was like 150 bucks. And I'm like, for a college baseball game, that's insane to me. 
That's exciting, man. Just and and you got probably the two. Well, I'm not gonna say probably like most definitely two of like the top three fan bases in college baseball facing off against each other. And like everybody knows Arkansas Mississippi State rivalry as far as the fans go. Like who's got the best fan base? Uh, I went and watched you guys play. I think it was two years ago against Southern Miss. No, actually it was last year. I don't remember when it was, but you guys played against Southern Miss. And uh, dude, the fans there at Mississippi State were the best people I've ever met. Like welcomed me with open arms. Like I was out in the outfield, like eating sausages and drinking beers with the fans. And dude, like I don't know if there's a better hey, place. Hey, we're, we're the hospitality state. That's just yeah. it's just it's just kind of in everybody's blood down there, man. It's just it's the best. It's the so best. did you grow up a Mississippi State fan? Because like I know your dad played football at Alabama, right? Yeah. So here's the thing: I grew up rooting for Ron Polk in that era of baseball, man, because he, he kind of changed. Like, if you're from Mississippi, yeah. you, you, you understand what Ron Polk did for the SEC. Like, you you understand that he changed the format of college baseball forever. Forever. Um, along with that, I, I, I played travel ball with all these guys that grew up in Mississippi. It was just, it's just, yes, in, in the state of Mississippi, that's, that's who I'd say I root for. Um, but I, I grew up an Alabama football fan, like pretty diehard Alabama football fan. You know, Are you just, still an Alabama football fan? I root for him, but I, I'm, I'm maroon and white through and through. And um, I, I root for Alabama football. Absolutely. My dad played there. Like, without question, I, I will always root for Alabama. Um, I'm actually like the first, like my cousin went to Mississippi State, and he's a big reason why I went to Mississippi State. I went to stay with him in, in high school, and fell in love with the city, uh, with the city of Starkville. Uh, fell in love with it. Uh, I continue went to stay with him. Me and my friends always go up and stay with him. Great time, and uh, fell in love with it, man. It's just it's and, and what really did it for me was I actually committed to Alabama my freshman year of high school. Really? Oh, Alabama I did not know that. Year. So summer summer going into my sophomore year, I was committed to Alabama for almost a year, like nine, ten months. I decommitted, though, just – man, just I didn't want to leave the state of Mississippi just for – you know, like I, yeah. I didn't. Like, what year was that? What I, year? My sophomore year would be – I graduated high school in 2015. So okay. Okay. So 13, I committed to state. Yeah, so I was committed to state for two and a half years in high school. So it, it – I – Definitely loved the program for a long time before I got there. But, you know, and the thing is, is I loved the Alabama coaching staff whenever I was in high school. Like, like Mitch Gaspar was the head coach there. He's a terrific dude. Terrific dude. Great, great baseball coach. I, I, I loved it. But I just didn't want to leave the state of Mississippi. And, and that's, that's what it came down to. I had a ton of my teammates that played on my travel baseball team that was – that was Mississippi state guys. So I was like, you know, I'm going to stay with my teammates, stay with in state. It's an hour and 40 minutes from, it's honestly an hour and 30 minutes from my house. So I was like, you know what, why not just like that's And that's what I felt like God was telling me to do too. Um, I felt like God was telling me to, to go to Mississippi state. And that's what it ultimately came down to. Yeah. And it's, it seemed to be the right decision too, because uh, I mean, I think I, I went back and looked the other day, um, I think I had like 39 division one hits and you tripled that in one season, <laughs> 39 career division one hits. And you tripled that. It, it was, it was a long, it was a lot in between that. You know, I played for four head coaches in four years. Um, our, our group of guys through those years went through a lot together. Uh, we grew a lot together with that too. And, uh, we won too, man. Like it wasn't like we had oh, yeah. good coaches and like, it was like a struggle. Like, this group of guys in the locker room, man, like it didn't matter. Like we were going to get after it. We were going to get after your ass like for a long time. And, and that's the thing, like 
we just won, man. It, it, it just, it, it was the hard, it, it, the only way to explain it is like you had to be there. Like all four years, it was like something different about each team that, that just was understood. And, and it was such a great thing. And I was just very, very thankful to be a part of it. So it wasn't anything more than just a great group of guys in the locker room, man. Great group. Yeah. Do you have like the, like, what's like the most memorable like thing that happened to you while you're at Mississippi State? I can't, there's the list. There's too many. It was too long. It's like it, like the only thing that could have been different was like win a national championship. Mm -hmm. Like for four years, like we experienced, like our group of guys experienced everything you could imagine heartbreak, fatigue. The only thing we didn't do was win a national championship. That was it. Yeah. And it shows you how damn hard it is to win the whole thing. It, no, just to get to Omaha, like, like to be the last 18, eight team standing is like one of the hardest things to do in all sports, I believe. Like, cause baseball is just, it's just, that's how it, like you go out there and anybody can beat anybody any given day. Like you see, you see really small colleges beat up on Florida on Tuesday nights, for example, like you just have, like, it, it just happens. Like it it's just, just happens. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about baseball. Like anything can happen. So I, uh, I was good friends with John Holland, I think was there your freshman year. Yes. Yeah. John Holland was one of my best friends my freshman year. Yeah, he was yeah. a good senior my freshman year, 26. I grew up. Great guy. I, I grew he up with him. So shout out John Holland. Shout out. Man. <laughs> I grew up with him, played with him um, all growing up. And then, um, yeah, he went to Florida State. He got to go to Omaha. And he got then, to go to Omaha at Florida State. He sure did. And then, um, uh, who else? Grizzly, Transferred Grizzly. over to Mississippi State, and, and he, yeah. was, uh, he was our starting second baseman my freshman year. Great dude, man. Love him to death. Great dude. Great dude. And yeah. probably one of the smoothest second basemen I've ever seen. I, I actually have a funny story about him. I uh, went to a yeah, wedding this second. past fall, and he actually gave the best man speech there. And it was one of the best, like, speeches I've ever heard. Like, just super clean. Uh, I, I mean, I love it. He's got it. It swag. Was, he's got a little yeah. bit of that, like – John John Holland knows what he's doing, man. He's and, he's he's and just, then Gridley. I I, I know Gridley. Yeah, dude. And then Gridley is like ten minutes from me. He lives like ten minutes from me. He went to my rival high school, um, so we had a man, lot of mutual friends. Man, Ryan Gridley was a great teammate too. Shortstop, he he got after. He was one of those gritty guys that just. Some would say he's undersized, but he just balls out, man. He oh, just yeah. he just balls out he, he so, worked his tail off he's not gonna let anybody outwork him and he's he's really intelligent man like he's one of those guys that understands the game like from a deeper point and he actually just started up a, a company for like baseball in general like proco plus is like y'all y'all need to like check that out any listeners if you have children that are like in the baseball world proco plus is a way to connect with like professional baseball players without having to leave your house I talked to him about it. It's a he's got he's got something big if, if to keep working on it. I I think the idea is awesome. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful idea. It's it's especially it's especially when today's day and age, you know, with a lot more stuff virtually. Yeah, you, you just got to do it. No, he was Absolutely. showing me that at the wedding I was at with him. And dude, it's it's a genius idea. Like it's something that I'm surprised no one five years ago would have thought of. But um, it's it's definitely really cool. Um, so if, as we're not as we're like name dropping here. I went to the same junior college as Elijah McNamee at Blinn Junior College, and I actually showed him around on his visit. And I still remember he told me on the visit, he's like, yeah, man, I just want to be here for a year or two. I'm going to go to the SEC. I want to go to the SEC. And I was like, all right, man, go for it. And he balled out in junior college, and then first year, boom, straight to the top of the SEC. Yeah, man, he did it. He was uh, 
he was right field for us for a long time with me for three years, honestly. And he great teammate, man. And just the clutchest dude ever. Clutch gene for sure. Let me ask you. Clutch gene was there. It, it is there. And and the whole draft situation with him is a shame. He he That's needs he's he's gonna get drafted or he's gonna get signed soon. This there's no doubt about it. He's gonna is keep he, he's gonna is he still is he going back to the frontier? Yes, he's he's gonna go back with the Evansville Otters, I believe. Okay. Which is a great league, guys. Uh, yeah, I, no, they some guys with the Lake with Lake Erie team out of there. It, 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 a bunch of different teams' names, but yeah, no, there's some really, really good players in that league, man. The Frontier League is a really, really good league, and I think it's awesome. The MLB has now bought the league. It's going to allow those guys in that league to showcase their talents even closer to to professional baseball. And Absolutely. There's a lot of good players over there, man. There's a lot of good players in baseball, like it's in general. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question about uh, with Elijah. That home run. We all know which home run we're talking about, right? Wait, which one? The home run to left field. Um, Last home. The walk off. The walk off or the walk off or bottom of the eighth inning in the regional, right, Ben? Yeah, it wasn't a walk off though. It was, it was, it was the eighth it inning. Wasn't the walk off. It was his last off. home. His last at bat and yeah. at the dude. Yeah. Umpire screaming at him, rounding first base. <laughs> he didn't care about it, anything in the world. It was like just the most surreal. You can't predict this moment. What did you guys? Were you, can you picture that in your head at that moment? Yeah, I can picture the just the whole night, the whole weekend, and the inning. Uh, it was it was it was a surreal moment, man. I, I'm really glad Elijah got to experience that. Him being able to go undrafted roll into a super regional his senior year at Mississippi State and allow him to hit a home run his last at bat whenever everyone knew it was his last at bat in the last, in the last bottom half of the inning. It was just a really great moment for him. And uh, and we were all very excited we got to experience that with him. He, he had been through a lot that week, and we're just happy he got to go out on top like that at the Duke. It was a really cool weekend. Yeah. So uh, kind of like turning the page here, I want to know like your thoughts on growing college baseball some more, because um, I remember you had a tweet or maybe a video kind of go viral. Maybe it, it might've been last year, maybe two years ago, they're all kind of blending together about how like the volunteer assistant needs to get paid and um, you know, growing the sports more than just 11.7 oh. scholarships. Yeah. Like kind of talk to us about that. Cause I thought everything you said was just like, right. Like hammer to the nail, just right on the head. So well, first off there's, it's a shame that there's only, to like, or like, there needs to be a third paid assistant coach in baseball. Mm -hmm. No doubt, it's a joke. Like, it's an <laughs> absolute joke. Like, and I get it. Like, baseball, there's only like four or five teams in NCAA baseball that actually profit off of a college baseball season. That first and foremost needs to. We can work on that somehow. We got to allow the fan base to grow as best we can. I think that starts with the colleges and different conferences all buying in together and understanding one way to do it. But neither here nor there. Um, our assistant coaches deserve better. The the third the third assistant coach is just a joke of not getting paid. Like that, I can't happen. Like yeah. get any college baseball player ever. And they will all agree that, that that guy works his tail off. And if he doesn't, he, he, he does. Like, they all do, man. They all do. And I, 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 we went over how I had four head coaches in four years. 
I had a lot of different assistant coaches along the way, even more than head coaches. Like that was a big transition thing as well. They work all the time. Like it, it, it's not even one of those things like where they work until five o'clock and they get up. I do that. I had guys that would sleep out in the offices, wake up and like have to be up at six and, and drive to the middle of nowhere to go scout a high school kid. Their hours are terrible. Their their job is a grind 24-7. Like, I'm, like most of the guys are, are single to do it because they kind of have to be. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's no other option until they – like, it's a shame and it, and it needs to change. And, and Tim Corbin at, at Vanderbilt said it best. He was like – he was a, he literally came out like a little bit after that, I believe, and he was like, it's criminal. Mm-hmm. And it is criminal. Uh, I think the, the, um, the NCAA men's basketball tournament created $1.1 billion of revenue. They earned it. Like, like that is that sports. Yep. They earned that. Like college basketball has earned that level of revenue for a month. But let, let's figure out how to, how to even it all out. All right. And I, and I, I did see the women's basketball uh, weight room set up. Let's even that out too. I get it. But at the end of the day, baseball, first off, needs to address, like, we need to expand the revenue somehow. Like, we need to grow the game. We need to – and that's on the colleges, really. If the colleges want to invest money into the programs, like in Mississippi, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, examples, they put money into the programs. What does it do? It grows. We get 15000 in at a college baseball game on a Saturday. It's a joke. Like, that is unreal. We have to expand that somehow. We have to. And I think that's on the colleges to invest money into the programs. But I get it. It's difficult. And, and as far as the NCAA goes, giving college baseball 11.7 scholarships on a team, shame on you. Hey, yeah. that's how we, that's that's how we name there's no we other. Are. There's no other explanation. Just shame on you for that. Shame yeah. on you. It's a, cr- it's a, it's a crime. Is, the NCAA is a nonprofit, um, you know, but – it's a shame. It's, it's a shame. shame. And there be more scholarships. There's there's too many. There's too many people left out of the game because of that reason. And it's a joke, absolute joke, and it needs to change. You got do a you guy. Ever, yeah. Do you I ever have? Say, uh, oh, go ahead, Dimitri. No, I was gonna say you got a guy that you know he's got talent. He might not have the grades to get an academic scholarship. School can only give him you know 10, 15, 20 percent to go to go on athletic. And he's sitting there like, I got to go JUCO or I'm just going to go to school or he can't afford to go maybe the school that wants him the most to play. And just think of how many guys are like that. And, you know, the, the quality of the game could change the number of people that know about the game. Because I think there's so many guys out there and people and baseball fans that just don't realize how exciting and how much fun it is to watch a college baseball game. Exactly, man. And um, the older I get, the more times I, I, I – have trained and played against, played with guys that went to a college baseball program that didn't have a big fan base. Yeah. But guess what? Electric. And they'll say it was some of the best years of their lives. It's it's a level of baseball that's so pure, that's so genuine, just the love for the game. It, it needs to continue to grow, and it will. It will over time. And uh, – I just hope the universities and the NCA kind of gets on board with that and understands that they're kind of missing out on something that's just really, really good and pure. 
No, I love how you said, you know, because it's the truth, only like five or six uh, Division One programs profit off of baseball. Well, the only way you're going to profit in really any kind of business in the world is you have to invest in it. You know, if you don't invest in something, whether it's property or whether it's your, your, your taco shop or whatever it is, like it's not going to profit. You know, there's no work being put in. No so doubt. the I love I love the formula you kind of came up with as far as, you know, you invest in it. You get more people to show up, fall in love. They tell their friends, they tell their friends. And then boom, you got at least maybe a thousand people the first year. And then boom, that turns into three or 4,000 people coming. And over time, it just adds up and it helps you, you know, create profit where you can invest in more things and hopefully eventually get more scholarships into the game. But um, I think we're on the right track as far as what, where college baseball was five years ago. Uh, there's more streaming services available. There's more coverage on social media available. Oh, ESPN so Plus has killed it. Wow. It's killed it. I mean, it's genius. Every SEC baseball game, at least I, I, I pay attention to the SEC just because there's only so much time I can watch college baseball. I watch Mississippi State and, and, and the other teams in the conference. I, I can't speak for outside the conference. I'm sorry. I'm just not educated on that topic right now. But ESPN Plus has done a tremendous job, and the SEC Network has done a terrific job. Like every game's televised, and fan bases can watch their teams. And they're good broadcasts, too. And they're like, great broadcasts. Great, great broadcast. So I think we're in the right direction. But, I mean, we could spend all day talking about this. I want to talk about something that uh, someone DM'd me this question, said you have to ask you have to ask Jake Mangum this. What is what – is, I hate looking ahead too far, but what is 50-year-old Jake Mangum doing um, as far as, like, let's say you get a job somewhere, 50 years old, done with baseball, probably have a family that you know, kids are out of – let's just say kids are out of the, out of the house, you're bored – are you going to work for like a major league baseball front office? Cause I think you're put together perfectly um, as far as like mentality and like, just like Action business wise and all that. Like, are you going to work for a major league front office? Or are you going to kick back and maybe stay in Mississippi and own a batting cage or something like, let's just say, like, what is 50 year old Jake Mangum doing? Uh, only thing on my mind right now is making it to the big leagues. Uh, I've had a lot of people doubt me about it. So I'm just, I'm just going to ride that out and see how that goes and, and, well, uh, I was already assuming you were going to like play it. 20 years in the big leagues and you're 50 years old and you got to call we'll it. We'll <laughs> I'm going I'm to give it all I got and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would hate to be the person to doubt you um, that you're not going to get there. We'll that see. would just we'll be an idiot move. What, do you, we'll what are you doing in the offseason? You're, you're done working out through the day. You already did your hitting. You already did your throwing. You already did your field work. What are you like? What are you doing? You going fishing? Like, what are you doing in Mississippi? Playing PlayStation? I, I don't. I don't fish too much. I I do play some Xbox. Uh, PlayStation. A lot of Xbox. Xbox. <laughs> I like Call of Duty. That's that's pretty fun. But man, what am I doing? I, I I'd say in the off season, I I I fell in love with duck hunting. Man, that stuff's addictive. That stuff is <laughs> addictive, and duck hunting is fun. And it's difficult too. So you go out there and you just won't shoot anything for a while, but. I'd say every off season for him, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go shoot some ducks, man. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm you know, uh, one of one of my buddies uh, says he's mad at him. So uh, it's it's pretty <laughs> funny, but it, it's it's a really cool pastime and it's uh, it's fun, man. But as far as that, man, I'm going to college football in the off seasons every weekend. Somehow I'm I'm, I'm gonna go watch the dogs play or something like that. Um, hang out with family, uh, close to family. I got a ton of great friends, man, back in Mississippi. And we're all kind of scattered all over the place now, but. We all stay in touch and just, uh, you know, just hang out with the friends, family, football. That's, it's kind of what you do in the South, and it's, it's a good time. Yeah. So uh, I got a, I got a question for you. Who's the best baseball player you've ever played against or played with? 
Someone that just stood out from the pack that you're because you played a lot of. I mean, you played two summers in the Cape, maybe three. I played two summers in the Cape after my freshman and sophomore year. I went to Born, uh, Born Braves, and then the Hyannis Harbor Hawks. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't play college or summer ball in, after my junior year. Only two summers. Yeah. So who was the best player you've ever seen? Like someone you're just like, wow, that's a that's a stud. Ooh. Man, that's a really tough question. Uh, I've played with some dudes, man. <laughs> dudes. Um, I, I'm trying to think of mine, and that's hard. Yeah. Like, every Friday night, we were facing somebody that was a first-rounder. <laughs> every Friday. Every Friday. It was like, who are we facing? Ah, uh, Casey Moss. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, that's, that's cool. Uh, you know, it – the most difficult – uncomfortable at bat I've ever had was was Tanner Houck my freshman from Missouri yeah from Missouri for whatever reason uh, six years later that that's the at bat I remember that was just like I don't see it I don't see it it might have been I saw I faced him one day it might have been the lighting I don't know but it was one of those like where I took it and it was like I I don't know I don't know and not, yeah. hitting it, not hitting it either. Like, I don't know. I can't see it. Some oh, people, I remember a question I was going to ask you early on. Let's say like, Yeah. Most difficult, most, most, like, my, my, my least favorite at bat in college was Tanner Howell. People say he's like a right handed Chris Sale. Yeah. I can't explain it. I, I can't, I can barely remember it. It was six years ago, but I just, every year it was always like, yeah, Tanner Hawks, that was still the worst. <laughs> so, does, did switch hitting come naturally to you, or did you start one way and then flip around? How did that really work? I throw left. I hit right until I was 13. At age 13 was my first summer to start hitting left-handed, so I went both ways. Was it like your decision or a coach's decision, maybe your dad's decision? I mean, it was a group effort, but my dad definitely had a huge plan. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without my dad. Like, that that dude's everything for me yeah, baseball-wise, man. He's, he's the best, and, uh, and he's a great dad in general. He's, he's the man. I love him to death. Are you an uh, only, only child, or do you have brothers and sisters? Two little sisters, senior in college, senior in high school, yeah. Are they super athletic as well? Uh, they cheered, danced, and, and and played a little bit of sports. So, yeah, they're, they're athletic. Yeah. Did your dad try to get you to play football when you were little? Not really. He, no. he let me do whatever I wanted to do, and I fell in love with baseball. But, I mean, I did, I yeah, that. I, I played football, but I quit after ninth grade. Um, I quickly realized, you know, kind of closer to high school, it was – or, yeah, freshman year, it was like, hey, let's – let's focus on this baseball thing. It, it, it could be pretty good. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about Ron Polk because he was actually, I think our second guest we ever had on this podcast back in 2019. He, uh, he followed us on Twitter, sent us a DM like, Hey guys, love the name. Uh, it's terrible that you know college baseball says 11.7 scholarships. And we're like, Hey, you want to come on the podcast? He said, yeah, sure. So he calls up on his like flip phone and <laughs> we have to record it like over the iPhone and, uh, I know, I know he, you said he played a big part of like why you went to Mississippi state and it seems like you guys still have a pretty good relationship today. Um, yeah, uh, coach, coach Polk's the man. I, I played for him in, in hiatus in 2017. It's Ron Polk, man. Just was it no kind of surreal? Like it's, it, yeah, it, it, the dude's a legend. He's a walking legend and he's just a, he's just a baseball encyclopedia. That's yeah. So we got one last thing we do on Thursday night our Thursday episode is we have like five series of the week and you pick them with us. We pick them last week. We had uh, Casey Dykes on here volunteered with the Yankees now. 
Then we had Colin Thoreau from Oklahoma State. We try to get somebody on, you know, with a big series. So um, we've got five series here. Ben doesn't even know them, which is the best because then he can't do research. Um, <laughs> yeah, like a college game day bye. If, uh, so our first series, we're going to save the Arkansas Mississippi State for last. We'll, we'll do that one last. We know your answer. All right, so we got Louisiana Tech at Southern Miss. I'm taking Southern Miss right off the bat. I know Louisiana Tech's the hottest team in college baseball right now, but my brother graduated from Southern Miss. I love Hattiesburg. I love the the whole atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park. Uh, Southern Miss is going to be ready for this weekend. Here's what I got. Uh, La Tech's a very good baseball team this year. They uh, they won one game against Arkansas. Probably should have won two. Oh, if yeah. Look into it deep. You know, and then they roll out and then a midweek game. And who they beat midweek? Mac Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, and, and Ole Miss, yeah, it was a one-game series. It was supposed to be a two-game series, but they canceled Wednesday, played <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, um, we don't know why. <laughs> yeah, but you, know, you never know. Uh, but La Tech is a very good baseball team this year, and they're not to be treated lightly. But Your boy Gasper is there. But look, man, look, my, my grandfather played football at Southern Miss. My mom went to Southern Miss. Got to go with the Golden Eagles in Hattiesburg, man. I, Pete Taylor is a sneaky place. Do not sleep on Pete Taylor Park. Do not sleep on Pete Taylor Park. The Golden Eagles are, are, are a good baseball program, and Scott Berry's got them rolling down there. They, they always play great baseball. So I'm, I'm going to go with the E's, man. Well, I told Ben the other night on the podcast, I said, if I'm Louisiana Tech, I call D1 Baseball. I say, don't rank us until next week. We do not want to go to Hattiesburg rank. Because they're gonna they're gonna pack that place out and they're gonna make sure they get two wins down there. As good as D1 baseball is, man, when you sit when, like it, it's whenever you're the number one team in the country, it's typically a curse on D1 baseball. Oh, but it, 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 D1 baseball, it, it, it's just tough, man. Like you get these rankings and it's like, oh, awesome, and it's like, boom, you get punched in the face. And but granted, that's not D1 baseball. That that's that's more along the lines of just just the sport in general. Oh. I'm I, I'm against all three people picking the same team because it brings bad karma, and you're going to get it wrong every single time when everybody picks yeah, them. No doubt. So I'm going to go with your boy, Mitch Gaspard, who is down there now from Alabama. I'm going with Louisiana Tech. I would I would have to agree. Um, I, I know. I, I'd, I'd say second best series of the weekend is, is La Tech Southern Miss. No doubt. No Mitch Gaspard is a very good coach. Did you see? Did you see the Southern Miss versus Louisiana game where the guy they hit back to back home run? Guy yeah, got hit in the Southern head. Miss, Southern Miss swept ULO, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then they hit the next guy in the head. Next guy, DJ Lynch, hit a ball, hit a bomb, walked about. Yeah, I, I saw walked that. Walked about I sixty that feet, fifty-eight feet to first base. Crazy, crazy. Back, yeah, that was crazy. That was wild. And I was like, I was like, only has Southern Miss. Man, I, I got, yeah, but like I said, gotta go Southern Miss. I, 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 know, right. I know, I know, why Tech's good. Next really, series really. we got Oklahoma at Texas. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so I think Oklahoma's playing unreal baseball right now. Finally, after they struggled the first couple of weeks, uh, I mean, obviously, I think Texas is going to win the series just because they have Ty Madden throwing Friday night. I think he's the third best pitcher in the big or in the college baseball right now behind those two guys at Vanderbilt. But I think they're going to win Friday. Texas is going to win Friday night, and then they'll win a game like maybe Sunday. So I'm taking Texas. What you got, Dimitri? So 
I I mean, they Oklahoma was hot. They lost their midweek the other night, but like everybody said, the big schools don't care about the midweeks when they got a big series coming up. That's that's the worst. Oh, I, you can talk about that in a second because I have my theory and other people have their theory. Mm-hmm. And but I think yeah, I'm gonna go with Texas. That's a tough series, man. It's the Red See? River Shootout. It's the Red River Shootout. Like, what do you what do you want to do? Um, I'm gonna go Texas strictly because it's 50 50, and my roommate last year, Blair Henley. He, oh, yeah. he, he came down here and trained with me in, uh, down in South Florida. I got to go with my roommate's roommate's college. I got to go with the Longhorns. Um, Blair Henley would kill me if I didn't. So I got to I got to go Texas. Um, I guess the Longhorns will pull it out, but I think that's going to be a serious. I, I I think that that's just a tough pick. I think that's a tough pick. That is a tough pick. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma might not be pretty ranked good looking team but they're still talented all those teams are so Oklahoma's gonna have good baseball players every year exactly they're they're gonna have talented crew that can beat you any given day all right here we go next series Iowa at Ohio State Jesus dude (laughs) um I would be lying if I said I've seen either of those teams play this year just because they started so late and they started like right when conference play most most other conferences started I'm gonna go gut feeling here I know Ohio State's got some flamethrowers. Everybody on that team throws like 92 to 95. So I'm going to go ahead and take Ohio State, even though it's it's a blind pick. I'll be honest. I'm going to go Iowa. I think Iowa will pull it out. Um, I know Robert Newstrom would, would be very happy if I could support the Iowa Hawkeyes on this one. Um, you know, so I'm going to go with Iowa. Iowa is 4-7 and seven and Ohio State – is um six and five so it's not really it's kind of a toss-up right here but ben is right uh ohio state does have flamethrowers they got some dudes throw hard iowa still got some talent they've got a couple guys that are that can really swing it but um not to get too try to justify my pick here but i'm gonna go with ohio state so ben you got ohio state and yep jake you got iowa all right, last one before the big one. UCLA at USC. Okay, okay. So UCLA has pissed me off this year, and everybody knows it on the podcast, because they just don't play consistent baseball. Like, they, they score 17 runs in a midweek, and then they go on a weekend and lose Friday and Sunday. And I, I hate doing this because I, I hate UCLA right now. They're pissing me off. But I'm going to go with UCLA just because I think it's the chalk pick. I think everybody's going to be on UCLA. I don't know if I'm a believer in uh, Southern Cal. So I think college baseball is better when USC is good just because of like their dominance in the, uh, in the past, like the eighties, nineties, but I'm going to go UCLA. I think they're going to let me down again though. I'll be honest with you guys. Total blind pick here. I have no idea. You want, you want a little background on each team? USC is nine and seven. Um, they've got wins over Loyola, lost to two out of three to Cal Poly, um, lost three straight to Pepperdine, Cal State Fullerton, and UCLA. They lost 10 to one on a Sunday, one game in a, like a round robin weekend. Swept Nevada, swept Washington. So they, they won like six straight, and then they lost to San Diego um, two nights ago. So they're kind of hot. They lost one run game. And then UCLA, you know who UCLA, they're, they're always good. They can pitch, they can manufacture runs. So. 
um, at USC. Always. What? You said always. Oh, well, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think UCLA usually okay. is a pretty good pitcher. <laughs> hey. Maybe, maybe, maybe not on Tuesday night. They don't pitch, but what, Friday through Sunday in May and June. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're, they're always preseason number one, and they always cannot play like midweeks well. Like. like I don't, I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. I'm right there with you, Jake, man. They pissed me off so many times this year. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, and you, you know, they have the pitching, you know, they have the talent, you know, like they're a great program. Like UCLA is a legendary program. I don't get it. Uh, but this weekend I, I, I I'll, I'll pick UCLA. I, I'll, I'll pick UCLA over USC. Kind of a blind pick, but I, I'm, I, I've played against both the programs. I, both great programs, both terrific programs, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll pick UCLA this weekend. Now, now, one thing that me and Dimitri have absolutely just like talked the most crap about this year is the Pac-12 broadcast. Like the live streams that they put up are a complete joke. They're behind home plate. You can't see anybody because it's 50 feet out of the way. And it's, I mean, ugh. the Pac-12 oh, is three steps behind the SEC. I what, man, I'm, I'm actually, I, I really like the Stanford guys. Uh, I, we played against Stanford 2019 Super Regional. Yep. And they, it seemed like three of them were drafted by the Orioles. And I played against them my first summer in pro ball. Uh, they were with the Ironbirds, the Orioles organization. Look, man, like Stanford, like, it was a, like a really good ball club. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I wish the Pac-12 would invest more money into baseball. And that's kind Thank of you. what I was kind of aiming at whenever I said it earlier. The Pac-12 needs to invest more into that. There's, just get like a whole West Coast of like a new wave of West uh, Coast fans. It's difficult, man, because Mississippi is unique. Like we don't have a professional baseball team. California has all these professional baseball. <laughs> they got Hollywood. They got everything. They got so many things to do. There's so many things to do, and in Mississippi there are things to do. I'm not saying Mississippi doesn't have things to do, but on the weekends it's like. That's just what we've rallied behind. It's, it's in the springtime, we're going to go watch some college baseball, and it's going to be sick. It's going to be <laughs> so much fun. It's, it's the best. We I wish make- the West Coast would, would invest more money into baseball, and it will. I, Oregon State understands that now, and I love that they're starting to really like get behind it. And it's, it's going that in that direction. Uh, we played at UCLA. We played at USC. We played at Dodger Stadium against Oklahoma my freshman year. UCLA's got a beautiful ballpark. USC, great ballpark. But the conference as a whole could could get behind college baseball better. And and, and it might take time. And that's might be on the fan basis too. But like I don't know. It, it, it might take time. But anyways, my pick is UCLA. <laughs> no, I agree. Um I think I think the biggest issue with the West Coast, because I just wanted to finish off on that, is when majority of sports fans are on the East Coast, when you, in terms of college, you got your college football, your college basketball, and college baseball for the most part, the SEC and the ACC and Big Ten and Big 12. Majority of like Midwest all the way to the East Coast is where all your college, your fans, most TV watchers. So when you, UCLA is playing at seven, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night or four o'clock on a Sunday, everyone's done watching their college baseball, their sports. So I think it's also if they can provide quality streaming like ESPN3, let ESPN3 go out there and run their game, you're going to get more people to watch because it feels like you're watching a real game on TV. 
yeah. rather than a, just a website, Pac-12 network streaming service. Because nobody wants to sit down and watch a blurry streaming service. Well, that's also on the fan bases. Like as yeah. big as those fan bases are, they got to have people support the baseball programs. Like I agree. Like the state of Mississippi, for example, they support baseball. Like they like in the uh-huh. yeah. um, they're going to college baseball. They're, and if they're not there, you best believe they're going to be watching on TV. Um, All right. Well, Arkansas, same way. LSU, same way. It, it, it's just it's just how it is at it, it, some of these schools, and, and and that's on the fan bases. The fan bases can get behind baseball to continue to grow. My pick, I, I forgot. I, I gotta make my pick. I'm gonna go with. Dude, I, I'm gonna pick UCLA and USC is gonna win the series. Watch, watch. You heard it. I, it's gonna happen. I'm going with UCLA, and here's the big one. Arkansas at Mississippi State. You want me to go first? We'll let Jake go last. Yeah, Jake will can go last. He can go first and last because we both know his answer there. Um, or at least I hope we know because if not, we won't be able to air this episode uh, just to <laughs> save him. Uh, look, I mean, I think Arkansas is a top three team in the country. Um, I think Arkansas has all the right pieces to make a deep run in Omaha. And I think Arkansas has a top, at least top three, definitely top five coaching staff out there. But – you're not walking into to Duty Noble Field and taking two out of three from the Bulldogs, especially with the bullpen that they have this year. I mean, they have major league guys in the bullpen right now. And just the energy at that place, uh, the energy the players are going to have, and just like them being comfortable in those situations is going to play a long way. I think if I had to make a real prediction, Mississippi State's going to win Friday night. I think they slip up Saturday uh, like we've seen before this season. And then Sunday, I think they basically run rule. I, I think they just put it on them on Sunday. So I'm taking Mississippi State two out of three. Uh, I think it's going to be the best series we see all year as far as like energy goes, like high stakes and everything like that. Both of these teams, top three teams in the country, those two in Vanderbilt. But I'm, I'm going to go with Mississippi State at home. So I saw a little a crazy nugget. No team in this rivalry had won a series at the other team's park. Ever? For as long as the guy, he was putting a bunch of like stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> Arkansas has not won at Mississippi State since 2015. Mississippi State has not won at, in Fayetteville. Yeah, like so. so my fr- yeah, no, I just know. My freshman year was 2016. Um, we swept Arkansas at home. In 2017, they swept us at Arkansas. In 2018, we swept them at home. In 2019, they swept us. So, I think it's 2000. And, and the series wasn't played in 2020 because of Corona. So, in the last four series, 2016 to 2019, we're six and zero at Duty Noble and zero and six at Blom Stadium. Yep. Wow. I didn't. That went right Crazy. over my head. I Crazy. had no idea. Crazy. So, it's. And, and and that's like with us being number one, with them being number one, like it's been like just back and forth. So this is arguably one of the most hype weekends I can re- remember in my history of following the Bulldogs for a long time. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm I've had this pick for a couple of days now, and I, I just I'm sticking with it because they go they say go with your gut feeling. I'm going with Arkansas, and here's <laughs> why. Son of- I think 2021 is 
already a crazy ass year. Nothing makes sense. Very few things happen the way they're supposed to happen. I think this is just another one of those weekends where everyone's like, this is not supposed to happen. So I'm going with the Razorbacks. Ballsy. <laughs> I think you kind of made Jake mad. <laughs> yeah, I respect your opinion, but disagree with your call. Uh, I got the dogs. I got the dogs going two and one this weekend. Um, I, I think the SEC this year is, is between Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Florida, and Ole Miss. I think those four teams are going to compete compete for it this year. Um, uh, 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 elsewhere in the SEC, actually, this weekend, I got I got Ole Miss uh, going two and one against Alabama. I got. I got Tennessee going two and one against LSU. I like that. I like that one. I got um, I, I, Tennessee's program's going the right direction. That head coach is yeah, Tony big, V man, big Mike Pella guy. We're big Tony, Tony V fans here. I'm a huge Tony fan. He, he's that that program is. It, watch watch where it is in a couple of years if he's still there. Watch where it is. Um, I got Florida over South Carolina. I got them. Um, I got them sweeping South. Nah, no, I got, I got Florida going two and one against South Carolina. They're not going back to back sweeps. Um, uh, Kentucky, Auburn. I got. Uh, Who cares? <laughs> was Auburn was in Omaha in twenty nineteen. Uh, I, I know they know. were. I got. Um, you know what? Kentucky's. They, hey, they've got a lot. Of, they play with a lot of fun. If you've seen Kentucky at all, they they play with excitement. They play with fun. They play loose. They're yeah, so dancing. My outfield coach uh, in 2016, Nick Mangione, he's he's got Kentucky winning over there for real. And then the assistant coach was my third assistant coach at Mississippi State, Will Coggin. Um, I, I, I got I got Kentucky going two and one against Auburn. I, I think Auburn is uh, trying to find their identity still, and I think Kentucky found their identity. Uh, that's a great way to Georgia play. Georgia A&M, I think, I think Georgia A&M's the, the question mark of the weekend, the most toss-up, mm-hmm. because I can't figure out A&M this year. Um, losing the Rice this midweek along with getting swept by Florida, which is uh, – getting swept by Florida isn't as hard as you think it is. It's, yeah. it's pretty easy to get swept by Florida. <laughs> but losing the Rice was a punch in the mouth. I, I, th- I think that now that they have two nights of practice, they're, they're going to get refocused. I, I think I – think AM comes out two and one against Georgia this weekend, but that's my toss up. And then Vanderbilt, I got Vanderbilt sweeping Missouri. Yeah, sorry, Missouri. <laughs> Vanderbilt, I, think, I, I, I agree 100%. I think Vanderbilt's the wrecking ball right now until they uh, slip up with that one two starter. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, could, all right, in your four years before we wrap this up, can you think of a one two punch? I mean, it doesn't have to be close, but just the best one two punch you saw in your four years in the SEC. Like like Leiter and Kumar. I mean, you can't find. I mean, Bauer and Cole are the closest I can think of in the past 10, 20 years. I'm taking Smalls and Ginn over Leiter and Kumar. They that year with with Small and Ginn back to back, that was fun to watch. I mean, I still have Ethan Small as like a top ten college baseball pitcher like I've ever seen. I've been following the sport for 16, 17 years now. I mean, that guy was unreal. He's going to make a big impact for the Brewers. Uh, I think he's going to be a dominant pitcher for him for a long time. Kid's yeah. something special. But uh, anyways, man, we really appreciate having you on. We're, uh, we're so pumped to have you, man. You, this is going to help us grow a lot more. And uh, if you ever need anything from us, man, just let us know. 
Uh, anybody you need to like shout out before we let you go? Any kind of man? That's uh, shout out while they go my high school. Jackson Prep's balling out right now, man. We 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 got a top top program in the country right now. Rolling. Brent Heavener's got them rolling, and uh, I, I got to give my boys a shout out at Jackson Prep. Uh, they gonna win state this year? Well, yeah, they're gonna win state. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Did you win a state championship? Yeah, well, I won all three. So, in, in, in my high school, tenth through twelfth was high school, and, uh, and 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 we won all three. But we had a good crew, man. We had a good crew. High school baseball, man, nothing like it. Yeah. Gotta love it. But man, we appreciate having you on. Uh, definitely uh, appreciate this. And uh, if you ever need anything from us, just let us know. All right. Hey, good luck this year, man. Good luck. Thank you. You guys just keep helping the game grow, man. Just That's what we're here for. Absolutely. Good. Good to see y'all. Thanks for having me on. Y'all be good. Yep. You too, man.